Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Whole Lot of Nothing podcast. You don't even think you can find another podcast than us because it's not possible. We are better than everybody out there. And you know it. And you know that I'm fair. Yeah. 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 We should uh, intro like that. Like all the time? With you opening a box, with you opening a drink, just like that. I I honestly think the uh, if we can, (laughs) that's the intro now. Can we intro with autotune on this one? Oh, that was the intro. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Whole Lot Nothing podcast. Jamie doesn't know I hit record, but I started hitting record when I was passing him a drink. Oh, we did. We started recording. That was all the intro, bro. Oh, I didn't know that. (laughs) (laughs) I thought this was just like, wow. Am I on autotune? No, no, the auto no, sticking off. I turned the auto Okay. Off. But hello and welcome to the Whole Lot of Nothing podcast, everybody. I hope you enjoyed that intro. Yeah, it was a nice little musical intro. My name is Roland Prince, at Roland the Prince on Instagram. And across the table, just like usual, is my boy Jamie Lee. Say hello, Jamie Lee. Hello, my name is Jamie. Greetings, loved ones. Let's take a journey. Journey. In the unknown. Anyway, and just like every single other episode, we have nothing planned. Jamie, did we plan anything before this? Absolutely not. We know. We do not plan anything. We just sit down and we turn a whole lot of nothing into a whole lot of something. So, Jamie, just like every episode, how are you doing? Uh, you Well, I've been with you for a few hours, so I feel like, you know. Yeah, we had to set up a Christmas tree at my house for uh, for my mother. Yeah, it was really complicated. Yeah, the uh, the base that we got was actually one of those little like pivoting bases where like you attach like, this special like boot to the bottom of the tree on the trunk. And then you click it into the base, and then that activates like the swivel on the base when like you push a pedal, and you can like make the tree stand up perfectly without having to like plop it in a base and like screw a bunch of knobs. And I don't think there's very often that you're talking about a base and a pedal, and then there's no music involved. I'm fucking dead. But anyways, it's December. Christmas is coming up. December is. And what I want to know, yes. Roland, yeah. is uh, mm-hmm. what you're looking most forward to for Christmas. For Christmas? Yeah. Um, I would say time off, but like, <laughs> doesn't really matter. I love Hashtag what I do. grind never stops. Exactly. Um, hmm. That's actually a good question. I, I, I guess just for my brother to get some time off school, my mom to get some time off work and, and us to just uh, spend some time as a family. You know, I, I do like my family. I love my family. So I get to spend time I, you, with my family. You like your family. Yeah. Yeah. I do like my family. They, they, I, yeah, they're not. not I, I, I see them sometimes and they, I, yeah, no. How about you? What are you looking forward to uh, this Christmas? Uh, well, definitely having some of the homies back. Mm-hmm. Um, grandparents are visiting. The grand, um, the grand homies. Yep. So they're they're out in Mexico right now, and they'll be coming up, which will be fun. That's awesome. Sorry, I'm eating some snacks right now. For those of you wondering, I swear to God, every podcast—not every, but almost every podcast—you're eating some sort of food right into the mic. What? <laughs> Please don't ever do that again. <laughs> For the sake of all three people listening. Hey, well, everybody listening, I hope you enjoy my luscious voice. And if you don't like my voice, uh, oh, well. And I hope uh, if you like my voice, you'll love my chomps. Just, I know you're loving it. Anyway, I'm going to stop doing that on air. Yeah, please. (laughs) Anyway. um, But yeah, actually. Yeah. So, one of the main homies, probably the main homie, Johnny will be in town over Christmas, which is going to be unreal. We Actually, me and Johnny have probably spent every Christmas day after we've opened our presents and kind of hung out with family in the morning. We've probably spent the last like three or four Christmases at each other's places. Well, damn. That's kind of like a tradition. We just I just go to his place and well, we hang tradition. out. 
But when Johnny is back, <laughs> we will have another guest on the pod. On the pod, Leas. On the pod, talking about a lot of things. And mm-hmm. one of the things, actually, he's kind of popping off on TikTok right now. Was oh, that a blart? Did you just blart? Blart! Blart! Blart alert! Blart! Again, but if, yes, he is kind of popping off on TikTok. If you haven't heard the Blart episode, Paul Blart, Mall Cop, he's on a Segway, so when we Segway conversations, it's a Blart. Or blart. A blart alert. Blart. Blart. But yeah, he's going to be celebrating 10K on TikTok soon. That I is checked, wild. I checked about 20 minutes ago, and he was at like 9,201. So I'll check what he's at right now, because his numbers have been increasing like nuts. He's at 92.51, so he's gained like 50 new followers in the past like 20 minutes. Goddamn. He's got 241.2 thousand hearts across all of his TikToks. What I am? Where his most famous one has, let me see, 131.2 thousand likes and over a million views. God damn. So yeah, we're gonna have a our first celebrity guest. Yeah, I guess coming well, up. That's, that's so we're wild. hyping this up. We're really hyping woo, this woo, up. Woo, we got a woo, big woo, event woo, coming woo, up woo, soon. Woo, woo, woo. We're hyping it up. But blart, blart, blart. So we're gonna hype something else up. What? You got a project coming up soon. I let's, do have a project coming up soon. Let's let's talk about your album. I want to know what are the things you're most excited for about the album musically and kind of what what is it that you're most looking forward to with the whole process of releasing it. Okay, so there's a couple of different things that uh, that like I can tell you, and there's some things that I can't tell you, and one of them is obviously the release date. It will be coming out early 2019. That's the, all the information that I can give, but uh, at least on Why the, is the release date a secret? You should be hyping that up. Uh, I guess. It's just, at this moment, it could change. It's probably not going to, but... You know just what? call it out. Just all right, like, fine, the fine, planned fine. release date. The planned release date as of right now is February 1st. February 1st, you, there should be a new Roland Prince album. That's dope. Now, the reason I was a little hesitant on, on saying that is like the release may be different than what people are used to. And the the album may start on the fe- on February 1st, but the whole album isn't coming out on February 1st. Talk about that. So basically, through my analytics of the music industry, the, the the way that the way that you that a person, a musician, sorry, should be releasing music, especially as a new artist, no one really wants to listen to a bulk of your content. No one wants to listen to a big, giant blob of content, which is an album. There's a ton of it together. Now, granted, when you're an established artist, you have an established fan base, and people know what they're looking for. And when they look, when they go to see you, you're what they're looking for. That's like then it's fine for you to release now. So when you're trying to break out, it's a lot easier to do that through singles than it is through stories and and albums and concepts. Exactly. But the way that I want to tie this all together is I want to release a song every single week. And the the album as of right now is 12 tracks. Some of them are skits, so I might have to take take some of those out of there and uh, and work on actually how many are going to be song songs because I'm not going to go one full week and then release a skit. That would be kind of stupid. But... um, Basically, the whole concept behind the release of the album, starting on February first, chapter one comes out, and that's the first song of the the first song of the album. And then the next week on this on the Friday, the next week is February February first is a Friday, and this is the planned release date. There's the first song comes out, then Feb, then Friday the next week, there's another there's another uh, installment, another chapter of the uh, of the entire series. And there's going to be one song released every week, and that'll go on for ten weeks until the entire album's out, and then uh, pop those together in a playlist on Spotify and that's like the album but 
basically what I'm trying to do with this album is try and tell the story of the Loaf Boy. And you'll find out who the Loaf Boy is in this album. Uh, it's just... Uh, it's just at least give some characteristics. Uh, the low okay. So what a loaf boy is is just it's basically I relate with the term because I never really knew what I wanted to do completely with my life, and I would just sit and I would loaf around and I would obviously do things like some different things that I would uh, that I, like I had like, my hobbies, my interests, but never really was doing anything to better my life, but push myself forward, really have a career or any, anything like that. So I was just a loaf. I was just loafing, doing my thing, just. Not really pushing myself forward career-wise or anything. Not even a slice? No, not even a slice. I was a full loaf. I was too lazy to slice the loaf. Jeez. I was just a loaf boy. So Not even pre-sliced? No, no, not even. That's the premium shit. I was the El Cheapo like shit. Like sliced bread. Mm. So basically what I did is I just got off, off my ass and figured out what I wanted to do. I, I, I loved music. I knew I wanted to pursue music, and I started pursuing music. I, I dropped out of college. I dropped out of university, sorry. went to college for my, for my audio engineering degree, and... Uh, and I haven't looked back since. I started taking control of my life. I got myself out of the darkest, most depressed point of my life I ever was, and uh, and here I am now. I'm I'm on a podcast talking about it and looking to release an album next uh, next year, early next year. But anyway, uh, with with this album, it's going to be a story. It's, it's going through a bunch of different moods, a bunch of different vibes. No two songs sound alike, so it's almost weird that they're all on the album together. But Every week, there will be a new song starting February 1st and going all the way until the end of the album, until I'm out of songs. And uh, I really hope that, uh, that people will be able to connect with each song that comes out and, uh, and enjoy them. But the Loaf Boy album, February 1st, Roland Prince, yeah. Now, are you doing mostly hip-hop on this album, R&B, or more experimental all stuff? All over the place with it. Awesome. Yeah, so there's no, there's no just like one steady topic. It's really just all over the place. It's just... It's uh, it's a unique, it's a unique project. Just because it's not really just one thing. There's like, there's R and B on there. There's rap on there. There's old school stuff, and there, there, there's just a little bit of everything. And I'm producing the entire thing myself. So all the, all the beats that you're gonna hear are all made by me. At Glass Portal Studios. At Glass Portal Records on Instagram. My name is Roland Prince, and I am the Loaf Boy. I am the, uh, the, the. Uh, well, you'll find out. I, I'm not even gonna spoil it. If you you'll could. If you could compare a couple artists, like kind of mix and mash into what the style that you're intending to bring, yeah, and the inspiration for this particular project, who would you include in that? Um, inspiration behind this project, um, there's a lot of different names that I've been listening to. Honestly, if I just like Brockhampton, I've listened to I listen to quite a bit of Brockhampton. There's a bit of a Brockhampton influence. Uh, definitely a big childish Gambino and Frank Ocean influence in there. Uh, Earl Sweatshirt influence. Tyler the Creator influence. Uh, who else influenced? Yeah, a lot of your music is experimental and abstract. Yeah, but it's also a lot. There, there has been a lot of it that's very Tyler esque. Yes, I I absolutely love Tyler. Yeah, yeah, Tyler, Tyler, like it. I would say Tyler is probably the influence that I've heard the most in your music. Oh, I could definitely see that. Yeah, like one hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. I I I really feel like I get along with Tyler. Like if we met. And uh, we be, what's we that thing? That vine friends. of his. He's like, you got this for my, my birthday. For my birthday, something. My bur-. Do you know what I'm talking about? I do not know. I I thought I've seen all the Tyler vines. What? It's like he's my he's, favorite one is when he gets out of the car and then just smacks the mannequin, looks at the dude, and he's like, "You ain't see shit," and just like <laughs> gets back in the car and keeps going. Uh, have you seen that one? No. No. Wow, you've missed out. No, I I guess. Whack. Whack. What's what's your favorite vine? 
Oh God, my favorite vine of all time. Jesus. Nice blurt. Um, I don't blurt. know. I don't. Jeez, I, I had to pick one vine. Maybe the croissant nigga. Where he's like, damn, I could have dropped my, my croissant. croissant. Uh, my I love, favorite. I love that one. Has and always will be. Uh, it's like the dude, and he's like, she just favorited my, my, my trees. Yeah, I, I can't I, say I those words, but she wants a day, nigga. Yeah, so the light skin guy can get away with it, but <laughs> that's definitely not a not something I'll say on a pod. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna drink your Arizona. There's literally we got about a dozen outside. I guess I can get one later. If yeah, that's you the case. said that you were, don't want to drink it because there's caffeine in it. Yeah, and caffeine, as we all know, is basically cocaine it's just basically why it's just you know the regular person it's simple cocaine, cocaine. Yeah, yeah but anyways i'm cocaine gonna blart light. this is a hard blart hard completely blarts? different topic so one okay. of the things i was mentioning to rj on the car ride here um was a little bit of podcast advice okay and so one of the things that i've realized and i'm sure you have as well mm-hmm. is that we, we're trying to take this podcast fairly seriously, not with the topics that we talk about, not with the content of it, but just with, you know, doing it consistently because we're both, both of us are big believers that what gets people far and what makes people successful is not talent. It's just showing up consistently. Yep. It's doing the work. Yeah. And, That's it. And again, and we, I'm pretty sure I mentioned this in, in the, in the past is that hard, all hard work is, is making a lot of. Small decisions, <laughs> a lot of small decisions done consistently. And it the emphasis is small decisions and the other part of it is consistency. And so in order, if you're starting a podcast, if something like this interests you, one of the things that I could not recommend enough to get that consistency is commit to at least twice a week. At least because minimum we i feel like if we were not doing this twice a week if we we're just doing a weekly podcast mm-hmm. we'd get lazy with it and you you, you really think like we'd be moving it around we or what we'd be like oh like you know what we'll just record tomorrow or whatever and then you know you do that enough and you're going to miss a week yeah. or or you know if you schedule every friday we're going to post this weekly podcast it's like oh we'll we'll just post it on saturday then yeah. which no that's not the way we want to do this we want to show up Twice a week and really commit to this. Yup, yup, yup. And by jumping headfirst into the deep end, we're really, really emerge, um, immersing ourselves. Honestly, I would not be opposed to doing three times a week. I wouldn't either. Because like, the I, only I, problem I really, is that I want to do other things with my life. Oh, you know, yeah. There's definitely an opportunity, like definitely an option to uh, to do other things with your life yeah. right at this point. But if we start getting into any more than three times a week, well, hold on. If we got into three times a week, if we if we started doing this more, if we started to see that there was a demand, we could do Monday, Wednesday, Fridays, and it's all like that's that's a release schedule, and we could do. Yeah, well, that's part of the reason I think we have it at Monday and Wednesday right now, is so that well, we right can now, be you, open for the Friday. Well, right now you wake up, you wake up in the, uh, you wake up in the morning on Monday morning, and you, there's a new a new whole lot of nothing podcast you can check. Then on Wednesdays. You know that there's another one coming. You know there's another one on the way. You wake up on Wednesday or Tuesday. You know there's one coming tomorrow. You wake up on Wednesday. Whole lot of nothing podcast. And if you miss it on the Monday, you can you watch can watch it on, on the you listen, listen on, on the Wednesday Tuesday. on the Tuesday. Yeah. Exactly. And then if we had another one coming up on Friday, then that just 
basically takes out all the time that people would have to be waiting for a new, waiting to hear my silky smooth, luscious voice. And auto tune. Auto tune. But here's my thing: the reason why I'm I'm ha- I'm hesitant at the moment to go three times a week yeah. is because one, I'm still trying to make the film. Uh, so that's a priority of mine. Two, in the new year, I do want to commit to weekly YouTube videos, mm-hmm. primarily done in in travel and advice and things that I've learned as I traveled and maybe stories even. Yep, yep. Uh, committing to that more. Three, I want to find more videography clients if I can on the side. Uh, so I need some of that time. And mm-hmm. four, 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 four are it's hockey season. Hockey season. And I'm just like the reason we're recording this on a Monday and not. A, our Wednesday podcast on a Monday night is because my Habs play tomorrow. Mm. And honestly, I don't want to give up that much Habs. I can't. This dude loves his hockey. He will give up anything to go and watch his hockey. Yeah. I personally am not a too much of a sports guy, but recently I've been getting more into watching basketball. I don't know why. I, I do love I do love UFC. Have you been I watching the, the Oh, UFC. I've been watching some UFC. I love UFC. But I just haven't really been getting into the scene. I just haven't had the time. Just with, I've just been busy. Have you been watching the Raptors recently? No. Oh, Kawhi's been playing really, really well. Mm. Yeah, actually, mm. Lowry went zero for five in a quarter yesterday or the other Jeez. day or something. Because yeah. because of uh, he's in a bit of a slump. Gee. But Kawhi's been dominant. I'd love to see a Raptors and Golden State final. That would be amazing. Just I mean, because Toronto, Toronto needs a notoriety. Well, like, it's the best part about LeBron needs a win. The best part about LeBron, but Le- LeBron, we're heading to basketball now. The Blart. best part about for me, LeBron heading to the Lakers is it means that we're guaranteed not to have a Golden State Cavs final. Oh yeah, because we've like, already I'm had too much. So sick of that. We're done of it. We're done. We're done of it. We're done with it. What do you think of Kevin Durant's move a couple of years ago to go to go to Golden State? Snake, a little bit, a little bit. Like I, I was, s- I see. I was so disappointed. I was like, really, bro, really, bro. Like you could have gone anywhere else, anywhere else, and made that Kevin Durant's team, and you went to the Warriors. And now, and now there's beef <laughs> with him and Draymond Green. Ooh, and uh, I'm pretty Ooh. sure his contract runs up this year too. Draymond? No. KD's. Ah, well, KD's just going to be a free agent again. He's going to hop back out on the market. He's going to get himself to another team. He's going to he's going to be the star of that team, and that's it. It's done. But even though KD is more of like a, I guess, team guy, he needs he needs the support network. But still, he can become his own guy. It'll maybe force him to actually like work a little harder and do. <laughs> well, things. he's he works hard. Like he was the MVP even in back back even of harder of the playoffs. But, but well, he's not the MVP. Honestly, he's not like, the MVP now. He he can work harder. Get it. Again. Honestly, like my thing with that, I was so pissed because one of my favorite things about hockey is the parity that is within the NHL. So you could have the last place team, which at the moment is either the LA Kings or Chicago Blackhawks, um, and they're both doing terrible. You know what's ironic about that? The LA Kings and the Blackhawks are the two dynasties of the 2010s. Those two teams have won five Stanley Cups since 2010. Those two teams. Damn. And they're the bottom of the league right now. Hmm. That's how fast things change in the NHL. And not only that, it's really fascinating because those two teams can still beat any other team on any given on any given night. Hmm. Because that's one of, that's my favorite thing about the sport is you never fully you can predict Obviously, the the more talented team, the better coach team, the better goaltender is most likely going to win from game to game. 
But often enough, these terrible, horrible teams end up doing fairly well. Mm -hmm. And oftentimes, people place these expectations on these teams by looking at the rosters and judging them prematurely before the season starts. Mm -hmm. And then every time they go out and and surprise you. So, So, for instance... Last year, the NHL introduced the 31st team into the National Hockey League from the expansion. And so that was the Las Vegas Golden Knights. And for any of you that don't watch hockey, essentially what they did in to create this team was that every NHL team in the league had to submit a list of protected players. Now, their options were any 10, or it was pick any... Um, it was any 10, but within that, it was like, uh, six forwards. Um, I think, yeah, I think, no, it was like five forwards, no, six forwards, three defensemen and a goalie, or they could mix it around and they'd have to choose nine players or eight players, something along those lines. And essentially, so whoever you couldn't protect was able to be scooped up by Vegas. So Vegas basically got the leftovers of the league. So all the (laughs) players that these teams didn't want or couldn't have. Vegas scooped them up and took them, and so everybody wrote them off from the beginning of the year. They're like the, the just a team. They're a of group like, of extras. Yeah, they're a group of extras. The the guys that couldn't quite fit in, and that's why they weren't protected. And that team went on to go to the Stanley Cup final last year. Well, damn. Yeah, that's the thing I love about it. How crazy is that? This team is a bunch of not nobodies, but a bunch of middle tweener guys. But they they had something to prove. All the other teams. They didn't have much, much, as exactly. much to prove and as they them. came in, they dominated the season, and then they went to the Stanley Cup final. And, and then crazy things happened, like William Carlson, who, this is, this is what I find nuts. So the Columbus Blue Jackets, at the time, basically gave Vegas a second-round pick in this year's draft coming up, okay. which the Habs have acquired from a, a trade with Vegas for oh, the patch ready. Okay. Um, but anyway, so Vegas, or Columbus gave Vegas a second rounder so that they would take William Carlson specifically. That's the guy they wanted gone. Mm-hmm. They were like, don't take any of our other unprotected guys. If you take him, we will give you a second rounder as an incentive. So, of course, they were like, let's do it. Yeah, scooped it up. He went on to go from a six-goal scorer in the NHL to 43 goals and 78 points. In 82 games. He was just given the opportunity. He, I think he finished third or, no, fourth, third or fourth in the NHL in goals last year. Well, damn. And Columbus told them to take him, which I found absolutely remarkable. And you'll never see something like that in the NBA. <laughs> yeah, probably not. Which I find really disappointing because as somebody who loves all sports, hockey is my go-to but I, I, I try and keep my tabs on, on a bit of everything. What's your favorite NBA team? Raptors. Raptors? Raps. Okay, I'd have to say the same thing if I'm yeah. honest. Damn. Yeah. Like, what are your, okay, okay. We're gonna, my favorite player to watch is Steph Curry. I love watching just Steph Curry. Just, just dances I, on him. In any sport, I love watching people with just such high-end high end control and skill. So they can just play around. They use their they use their talent to basically just toy with them. Exactly. They're so toying the with NBA, seasoned professionals. In the NBA, that's your that's your Kyrie's, your your Stephs, the yeah. ones that dance around the court and make shots that you never thought could, could be possible. Never thought to were possible possible. And, Especially and, with and, that with that consistency. Exactly. In the NHL, that's my favorites would be Nate McKinnon, 
uh, Matthew Barzell, Connor McDavid, watching these guys just dance around the ice with just the most elusive speed and incredible stick handling skills that just don't even make sense. That It's that sort of ability and skill that I just love to watch. That's why even when I was younger and watching soccer a bit, Ronaldinho was probably the the player that I really looked up to the most, even though I, I wasn't a player myself, but the little bit that I did watch, it was that, that ball handling skill that was so elite and so unique and so creative. It's the players that get the most creativity out of their own sports that I find so, so fascinating. Man's on his phone again. Oh, no, I had to answer. I had to answer that. I actually had a... Uh, so I, I Right as we were like... You know when I picked up my phone and showed, and showed you that long text? No. Oh, okay. While you were talking, once I picked up my phone, I, I scrolled through a text and I was like, "Wow, look at this!" But you just—you didn't catch my eye contact. Um, but I, I got offered the opportunity to do a, a show at Babylon, so I may or may not be taking that. So. Oh, that'd be cool. When's that? Uh, I'm not gonna say on the on the pod. I'll talk after, just in case. Uh, like what month? Uh this month. Uh, this December, January. Next month. Next month. January. Next month. Yeah, January, January. Cool. Next month. Sweet. That'll be cool. Yeah, yeah, it would be cool. We have on and it lines up with my schedule, my release schedule, uh, and, and and all the other uh, things I'm going to be doing in January anyway. So, uh, so it should work. So, Blart, Blart, going back to music and about you. Um, what do you think of performing? Because you you've performed a bit, not a whole lot. I performed quite a bit. Like you've honestly, I performed I've, a good bit. I've done more shows than, well, like I've done a lot of shows. I've done more shows than on most people that that I know. So, yeah, but yeah. still, like in the grand scheme of things, you probably what done maybe like two dozen. Yeah, yeah, around there. Yeah, yeah. So, so like, n- not a lot. So like, like enough. But relative enough. to our local area, it's like quite a bit. But yeah, but relative to to everybody, no, it's not. Yeah. yeah. So what? How do you how do you feel about performing? I love it. It's uh, I I've you've known me throughout high school. We we went to high school together. For those of you who don't know, and I was uh, I was a person who was constantly on stage with like student council or drama. I was an actor. I did I did acting stuff. I was also the uh, the head sound engineer at the school. I did all the live audio for uh, for all the musicals. I was the guy who uh, who did all the miking. There would actually be frequent times where I'd be in class and they'd just go like, "Would Roland please report down to the gym to like?" So then I'd have to go fix all of the uh, the audio for like the priest at mass who like. Was trying to talk and it was coming out like so. That was so accurate. <laughs> right? That sounded like a demogorgon from Stranger Things. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hopefully, someone don't take that as a sound somewhere bite. between somewhere between a demogorgon and ET. <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah! Aha. <laughs> uh-huh. uh. It, it, and by the way, if you don't know where that aha uh-huh is from, go on Google and type in Family Guy Ostrich and type that in. That is my favorite character on Family Guy. Uh, I don't really care about any of the other characters. If, if there was a show just Not about... Not even Stewie Griffin? No. I, if, I, if there was a show just about that ostrich and how he gets into the situations that he's in, like sitting in that coffee shop waiting for Peter to say some stupid shit and just in the background going, uh-huh. What led him to that point? How did he get there? What was his day like? I think he's an animated character, and he doesn't have days, and he was like just drawn in. What? <laughs> I'm just. Oh, oh my! Oh my yeah. God, bro! Ah! <laughs> oh, I just I just hit the mic out of frustration. No, I'm just kidding. I I, I know I know animated characters. I know animated characters aren't real. But yeah, back to uh, totally. Back to performing. Yes, uh, I love it. It's something that I I really love. 
I love being able to actually see the impact on an audience that my music has. I love to see people's faces when they hear it. I like to see people who like people who like it, people who don't. And when I look when I look and I see people <laughs> Sorry, my nose. Um if I uh, if I look at the crowd and see people who don't like something, I think about okay, well, what part of the song was I singing when they did that look of they didn't like that and 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 basically I can use that to help build lyrics in the future. Maybe I don't do lyrics like that. Maybe I don't do rhyme schemes like that. Maybe that's something they didn't like. And then I also well, I obviously revolve around things that I that I enjoy making, but it's I love concerts as a way to see what the reaction to my music live and use that to really see what my audience wants. Yeah. And I love connecting with my fans too. It's it's such a fun experience. I love getting like right out after a show, I get to like first off, I get to show show my music to a group of people who want to see my music, and then afterwards, I get to talk to them and talk to my audience and really just get to know them. Be like, you are a fan of me. Like you came up and you waited after a show to come and talk to me. Hell yeah, I want to talk to you and I want to hear all about you. You can you, even though you want to hear all about me, you know. Yeah, and I, I love connecting with my fans. People, if if there's anyone out there who fucks with me enough. To pull up and then wait after a show to like pull up, see me perform, watch me perform, and then wait after a show to meet me, like that's 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 the it's incredibly shit. humbling. It's so incredible that like people are like what? There's more than one person and they're like waiting for me. What? What? And it's always I feel, I'll never get tripped out. I'll never not get tripped out about that. I feel like any type of artist when when you put your art whatever whatever it is out publicly, yeah. It's you're leaving yourself really vulnerable. Extremely vulnerable. Extremely vulnerable, and that's kind of the beauty of it. Yeah, and is with that this new you, album, there's a lot of really, really, really vulnerable tracks. Exactly, and when you leave yourself vulnerable, you're doing it from the the only place you can leave yourself totally vulnerable is from the place of complete passion. Yeah, because when you're putting yourself that far out there publicly, you're you are going to get criticism. You are going to oh, yeah. get people that don't enjoy. Oh, I know that. And they're, they're and not the, the I, I, I tend to try and obviously performing live is a lot harder, but I, I do tend to, to try and block out people who don't necessarily like my music, but you can't completely block them out. You gotta, you gotta see, well, hold on. Do they have a point? Do yeah. Have, do, uh, is there something that they're actually like, do they actually have a, like a valid grievance? That yeah, I can and that's, and that's kind of like with me when I put out uh, either a video or a, a film, something Films are kind of where you get more vulnerable because the way like that I do it. them is the way I do them is I narrate them and then I kind of leave a, a piece of myself extremely vulnerable, especially in this one that's coming up called The Architect. And the only way that you can put that out publicly is by knowing that you're so confident, not just in the work, but in the in the process of what you created. Yeah. That you just like you can't wait to share it with people. And you know what? If people don't like it, I don't care. Yeah. And that's that's what's one of the most beautiful things about being any form of artist, mm -hmm. whether that's in music or literature. That's why art I'm really I'm really excited to release this new album of just a bunch of extremely experimental stuff. Like I'm just, I'm serious when I say that every single track on this album is different, and there's very few, there's almost no tracks on the album. Like, yeah, there are no two tracks on the album that sound similar. Everything's different, and I'm really excited to show my fans the things that, and and new listeners, the things that I've been doing recently. Like, because I've been exp trying to expand my music to and, and my musical understanding, my versatility. I've been trying to expand it as far as possible. While there's been so many people in the city, 
I'm not going to name names because that's not my that's not my job. I'm not here to do that. You can do that searching if you like. But a lot of names in the city are just doing the same thing that they've always been doing. And they're just like, I put out this one type of music and I'm just going to keep on putting out this exact same type of music. Same flow in every song. I'm talking about the same shit, even if I got a different flow. Or maybe the same flow, same same type of lyrics in every song. Talking about the same stuff. And for me, I'm talking about something different on every single song. I have different flows. I have very unique, different vocal pockets that I'm hitting. I have different harmonies in every song. And I'm singing a lot on this album. Like I'm being very vulnerable and and singing about my feelings and shit, <laughs> which is something that's like, yeah, I've done before, but it's not something I do all the time. Anyway, with this, uh, I I I feel like I veered away from my main point, which I totally forget right now. But performing, uh, performing. Oh, I already talked about that. I said I love yeah. it. That's it. It's just a freedom. It's oh. a moment. I love sharing my music and what I've been doing, what I've been creating to all the people. That's it. And so, yeah, I, I think <laughs> next question. <laughs> this isn't an interview. This is a podcast. All right. I'd always got to be asking the questions. You said that you had a few questions, and I was like, all I, right. No, I said I had a question, and then I asked it. Well, we'll go back through that You podcast. ain't ever got any questions. Okay, well, hold on. All right, all right there. Yeah. All right there, senor. Almost did it again. I almost <laughs> did it again. <laughs> I don't want to send you the wrong message, you know. But uh, oof, oof. blackmail is not something you should do. But uh, but it is very, very tempting. Mm-hmm. Anyways, <laughs> anyways, you I, couldn't see my look over, but yeah, I, I looked. Anyways, like I feel like you know. Let's uh, let's see. You got any questions for me now? All right, James Lee. What kind of camera are you using? What kind of camera are you running? So at the moment I am that was that was a lame question, but I'll answer it. Answer it. So at the moment I'm using a Panasonic G7, which is essentially the sister cam to the GH5. Um, it shoots 4K, um, cropped in though, so it's not incredibly great 4K, but it is. Uh, and then it also shoots 108060, 108030, 108024. Um, I mostly shoot in 108060, so I can have the option of slow mo. Um, it comes with a 14 to 42 mil kit lens. It's decent. It's nice and it's, it's an incredibly lightweight camera. So if you're looking to get into videography and photography and you want something that doesn't break the bank and you want something that is a little versatile, it's a great little place to start. Uh, however, I am currently looking at investing heavily, 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 heftily into a Sony a7 III. A7 III. Why not an A7S? A7 III is the new model. A, I, I don't know enough about the A7S, um, but the A7 III's specs are off the charts. Full frame sensor, so is the A7S. Okay. Uh, you've got 4K 30. 4K 30. Um, not cropped. Not cropped. You have an incredible S-Log profile, which is great for color correction. Mm-hmm. Um. I want to say it has 11 stops of dynamic range, but it might even be more. Damn. Um, which is basically just um, that really helps for exposure. Um, and geez, the, the 1080-120 for really crispy slow-mo. Crispy. Uh, and then ideally the lens that I'm looking at is either a 16-35 to f4 or a 16-35 to 2.8. Hmm. Uh, f4 is a lot cheaper. So that's kind of what I'm leaning towards, but the 2.8 would be better in low light. I see. So yeah, that was a bit of nerdy camera talk. Yeah. I'm going to pretend like I understood everything you're talking about. I know. That's why I kept going. Cause 
it's kind of the same way as when you talk about audio equipment. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'll talk about microphones for a good 20 minutes and think this dude understands what I'm talking about. And he's just like... And, and then it's uh, like, wait, just let me talk about cameras. And you're like, oh, that's what it's like. Yeah, it's just like, oh, yeah, that's all right. Cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I see. I know. Blart. Blart. Absolute blart. Blart. Okay. Blart. So here's something I actually want to talk about. I haven't had a oh, chance. Okay. I haven't had a chance to talk about this on the podcast yet. Um, you haven't asked about it either. I, 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 and so what I want to talk what about, about, what I want to talk about is solo travel. Solo travel. Yes. Solo. 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 Frank. <laughs> Um, my most listened to artist on Spotify this really? year was Frank Ocean. I don't know how to get those stats for my listening stats. I know how to get my ex- uh, I'll show you later. Okay. But I had 39 hours of Frank Ocean. 39. I want to see how many hours of City Morgue I listened to. Anyways, okay, back. Yes. So I'm going to talk a bit about solo travel. Now, solo travel is something I'm a massive, massive advocate for. Massive. In fact, I think if you're somebody that's struggling to find self-identity, struggling to find passion, struggling to find yourself... And self-awareness, I think solo travel for an extended period of time is one of the most incredible ways to do that and go to places that you never thought you'd explore. Yeah. In fact, I have advocated for RJ to do this on several, several occasions. occasions. Yeah, multiple occasions. Yeah, to, to go check out LA or New York for even a week or two by yourself. And I my, my thing is, is that him as a musician, I think... You can almost enter a creative bubble by being in the same location for an extended period of time. And to be honest, Ottawa's a cool city, but it's not a creative hub of the world. And by entering these cities that have such a completely different dynamic and hustle to them, like a New York or an L.A., or even... A a New York and L.A. No, like... I know, I know. Or or New Orleans, even. Yeah, okay, okay. These, These places have so many different cultures being represented. Mm-hmm. They have their own identities mm-hmm. and their own musical styles and their just own arts, um, whether that's for video, photo, or um, even paintings, yep. graphic design, literally just different types of art forms Everything. are all being expressed there so differently. Uh-huh. So I think it's really important for any artist, if you feel like you're trapped within your own city, within your own bubble, you're having a creative block, if you can head to a different city, even if it is for a couple of days, go completely by yourself. Get in your own head. I think that's one of the best things you can possibly do. So for this summer, what I did was uh, in mid-June, I left on the biggest adventure of my life. I was gone for two and a half months, so pretty much exactly 10 weeks. It was exactly 10 weeks, actually. And I went to Thailand, Malaysia, Singapore, Philippines, Indonesia, and Western Australia. Three of those countries I was not expecting to have visited whatsoever. My original intention was just just Thailand, just Philippines, and just Indonesia. So that means Malaysia, Singapore, and Australia were just complete add-ons to it. And I cannot advocate enough for why, for how great solo travel is. And let me explain why. So when you head out anywhere by yourself, for especially for the first time, this was the first time I had ever been completely on my own so far away. I didn't know a single person in any of the countries I was visiting, with the exception of when Kieran visited me in Bali for that one week. Mr. McCormick. Which I actually am considering. He's in Ottawa right now, so potential guest of the pod next week because I think it'd be really interesting to dive further into solo travel since he moved to Australia. 
Uh, mm. And we could kind of talk about our Bali adventures, which would be really cool. I see. But anyway, so getting further into solo travel, why I think people talk about solo travel and travel is in general, but it's even more so you notice it when you go alone and why it can change your perspective on things so much beyond just seeing new cultures and seeing new people and going to new places. What I think it really does is each time that you head into a new environment or a new place and you're doing it alone, you're you're exploring a city alone, you're exploring an island, you're doing all these different activities and you're alone, you have to become your best friend, which is something that I think is really valuable. If you can love yourself to the point that you look at yourself as your own homie, I think you're set because then everything after that is going to fall into place, any relationship um, you're going to be in a strong enough mental state that you can you can provide people with the love that they ask. For. Love yourself. <laughs> Accept yourself. <laughs> that's, that's a great vine. That's one of my favorite vines. It's up there in the top 12. Um, and so what ends up happening is you spend so much time alone and by yourself that the only thing you can do to pass time, much of the time, is to do a lot of self-reflection. And so what I found is that I would do a ton of reflecting on my past and how it led me to the present and where I wanted to take me in the future. It was that exact path over and over and over again, every single day. You're reflecting about things. You're reflecting about how every single decision that you've made in your life has wound you to be up in the middle of nowhere, Thailand. You know, like there's there's next to no... like. There was one time I was in Thailand and I was about three hour boat ride deep in the jungle so far that only two people a month, two tourists a month get to visit this place. We were so deep we saw a wild elephant that we were actually able to like paddleboard over and see it around 630 in the morning. One of the most incredible experiences of my life. And you're sitting there and you realize that I am so far from home, just geographically speaking, there's no there's absolutely no way I can contact anybody. I have no service here. There's no internet. There's hardly any electricity. There's literally just a tiny generator that has well, I just sneeze. Has a couple light bulbs that God bless you. Has a couple light bulbs up. And I was like there's I was like I've never been more isolated, but I feel so at home and so present in the moment because I was respecting Every decision that I made had led to that point, you know? It was the decision to go on this trip, the decision to go not just on this trip to Thailand, but to go out this deep into the jungle. The decision, even like just getting groceries one day, somehow pointed me in this direction, you know? Looking back and reflecting that every little and micro decision that you make will lead to something else in the future that is bigger. And then in the present moment, I was just thinking, I was like, I can't believe I am here in the middle of the oldest rainforest ecosystem in the world. You know, like there there had been leopards that had been sighted there earlier that year. Very rare, but they, they do. There's cobras. You know, like we saw several species of monkeys, like dusky leaf monkeys, several types of macaques. Uh, we saw giant hornbill birds. Um, and we saw monitor lizards as well. We saw all this incredible wildlife. There's wild, wild... Um, buffalo called gower and i was like this is so foreign to me this is absolutely nothing like where i came was from. there a big language barrier though uh well i was with a couple americans that have their own business 
businesses in Thailand. They've been there for a long time, so they spoke fluent Thai. Um, so not for me personally. Um, and then a lot of the touristy places you go in Southeast Asia, they kind of have to speak English with all the tourism. But you start really becoming so present in the moment and just appreciative to be where you are. Just I was in the jungle. I had that encounter with a wild elephant about 30 feet of, in front of me on the riverbank. And I was on my paddleboard, you know, just completely in the wild, staring at this thing. And it was staring back with genuine curiosity. So you're you're not thinking about anything else but that present moment. And the second that you you get back and you start to relax and you're, you're back in your bed or you're back in your hostel or wherever, that's when you start to think about the past and the future. You know, the past, the, the things that led you there, the future, where do you want to go from here? What are you going to take from this lesson that you've had? And all of this reflection, when you do this every single day for hours and hours and hours at a time, for like 80 straight days, that leads to such incredible self-awareness. And that to me is the ultimate delta of solo travel. Well, it only takes 20 days for the human brain to form a new habit. And you took 80 days of every day doing something new, exploring, not really knowing what you're going to do. And you're starting with a whole lot of nothing. You, every day you come back to your bed with a whole lot of something to think exactly. about. Exactly. Yeah. Like that's perfect. Yeah. That's literally what I did. You, so you did that for 80 days straight, and of course now that's a new habit of yours because you've done it for over over the, the 20 days that it takes to, to form a new habit. So this is something that was, that's now a part of you. Yeah. And trip, the trip literally changed you. Yeah. And so that, now that's all I think about. And one of the things I realized when I was out there was how insignificant 99% of people's problems are. Like unless you are dealing with your health or mental health, well, that's not, they're not part of the 99%. Well, yeah. Yeah, I know. But like just just pe- petty bullshit yeah. is kind of what I'm referring to. Yeah. You know, you get mad at your coworker because she's not fast enough when she's making coffee. Like that's just dumb. Yeah. Like it, that, that, that has so. You let that bother you? That has so little significance in, in, in your, your life. Day. And when you're you, letting that, you get that ruin coffee. your day. Yeah. Like to, to me that. That blows my mind that you can't just be appreciative. There's that. some people that have to wake up at four o'clock in the morning to get so, to the fields for five to fucking harvest. That or coffee. like they wake up at three in the morning to literally walk ten miles to go get water and then carry it upon their head so that they can, you know, their children can have something to drink and that water isn't even purified, so they're getting all these like parasites. Yeah, that literally that's that's life for millions of people. Yeah, and when you go to countries or places like I did, where I was in the middle of this village in the Philippines, and you see that these people, they don't have nice homes. They don't have nice flat screens. They don't have air conditioning in most of their places. And it's incredibly humid, and it's warm, and it's hot. None of them complain. None of them, they're always smiling, and they meet foreigners, and they're so happy to greet them. And it's not because they want something from you. It's not because they want your money. They just live their lives happily. And that's when you start to realize that there's so... Rich people are the saddest people. Yeah, a lot of the time. And yeah. you start to realize that the value of money is not money itself, but it's it, you could even extend it to the experiences that it can get you. Yeah. Uh, and I'm not talking about that that vacation in that villa in Barbados. You know, like I'm talking about you can you can send yourself anywhere in the world. Anywhere. And you you learn to become appreciative because one of the things I realized when I was there and emphasized a lot about was these people that I'm meeting, these local people, 
they're never going to be able to see where I'm from. You know, I, I come from such a, an incredibly lucky background that I'm able to work a job that can pay me enough to buy these flights, even though like I'm young and still am just entering the workforce. Yeah. You know, these people can be 40, 50 years old by Filipino or Indonesian standards, making, you know, feeding their family just fine and getting by, but they're never going to have enough money to fly to North America. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of them. And and a lot of them, that's not their mission, which, you know, yeah, they don't, they don't that, need to that's do that. okay. Yeah. But for me, I, I it's so humbling knowing that when I come from a background that allows me to do this, and I'm fortunate enough to have grown up in such an incredible country like Canada, that I can get a job fairly easily, especially just entering the workforce, and I can afford my own way to do this, but these people aren't going to have that same opportunity. That's true. And that's another one of the lessons that I learned from solo travel. Solo travel is the ultimate way of self-reflection that creates self-awareness. And when you know yourself, every relationship after that is going to become so much better. You're going to become happier. You're going to become more introspective and more appreciative and grateful. And until you see that, until you've really given it a shot and you've entered the world with an open mind, then I'm not entirely convinced that you're ever going to understand that. Mm. Um, which is why I always, always, always advocate for... For solo travel? Solo travel. Because it's completely different than doing it with somebody. Yeah. And that's why I think if you can take a week or two in New York and just get that, those creative juices flowing... I'm definitely thinking about it because New York is definitely a place that I've wanted to go explore. and It's definitely a place that there's a beyond, a, beyond a ton of opportunity for, uh, for musicians to, uh, to expand their, their horizons and, and, and network and talk to people and, and be in a place where the industry is thriving. And Ottawa is, unfortunately, at the moment at least, not a place where the industry is thriving. And no. going to a place like New York, not only will there be the benefit of me finding myself and me uh, me being able to to know myself a little bit better. And yes, I do know myself pretty well because I do write music about my perspective on the world and my thoughts, and that's my introspective process. But I believe, yeah, going on this trip will will help me get even more in touch with myself, and I might even discover something music wise about myself that I've never really known before. So, and you may even discover how much you enjoy traveling. Yeah, that could be a, that could become a new thing. It's just I've never I grew up poor and it, we just we didn't have the money to go and go anywhere. But I'll also emphasize like poor in Canada is poor in Canada is a lot different than poor anywhere yeah. else. Like, I just didn't have the same kind of shoes and couldn't really like get the same kind of coat and clothes as the other kids around me and I that's just how it was. My mom yeah, my mom grinded to get me what I got food food in my mouth, clothes on my back, shoes on my feet. I was happy. But I did, I didn't have the, the the extra frills that all the other little rich kids around me had, and uh, and honestly I'm grateful for that because it, it may be the man I am today and the uh, the person who, who will grind to go get what it is that he needs, but uh, yeah. And that's another that's thing that I'll add to solo travel is that I came from an incredibly fortunate financial background, mm-hmm. uh, not not rich or anything, but I'm definitely on well the luck. Yeah, well, on the luckier side of of those things, just in the family I grew up with, which. It's great, and I'm incredibly grateful for that. But if you come from that background, you don't necessarily understand the sacrifices that people have to make to get to that place. Yeah. Especially, um, it's it's probably even easier if you're from an immigrant family and your parents have immigrated from one country and have done that. You yeah. can kind of see that. But if you're like me and you've been here your whole life and 
all of your family has been in Canada your whole life or in a in a Western country, going to these places, but doing it authentically where your goal isn't just to take from these people as in take the experience, but to yeah. give to give your curiosity and to give your open-mindedness and to give positivity and and a smile. Um, that will really go a far way to kind of really understanding what is actually valuable in this world. Mm-hmm. And that is going back to one of the things I said in our previous podcast, it might have been episode three or four, where our time Time is the most valuable asset we have. 100%. People literally every single day sell their time that they have breathing on this earth. Yeah, there's literally, there is nothing. There's nothing more. I guarantee you, if it costs you a million dollars to add one year to your life, like additionally, like it's your deathbed and you're like, oh, you can live for an extra year of like a a fulfilled, happy life or just how you are, like not sick, but just healthy. At that point, money really would buy happiness. At that, well, if you could buy time, you would. Yeah, you would. any person that could buy time. If, if I'd if, hustle for a full year just to get that full year of just enjoyment if, and happiness. If I could buy time so that our Many days years. could be extended to thirty-six hours, and I could get more done within a day, and I could still live eighty years, I would invest every penny I have into that. Yeah, I'd, I'd have my own time account. Well, I'd welcome be managing- to Mars. Mars, Mar- are Mars's days longer or shorter? Uh, hey, hold on, hold on. We'll ask Siri. Hey, I, Siri, how long are days on Mars? I'm going to guess the days are shorter because it's a smaller planet. We're waiting. The answer is about 24.6597899 hours. So pretty much the same as Earth. Oh, interesting. Huh. Well, never mind. I thought there would be like long days. But it's it's like thirty nine minutes longer than an Earth day. Yeah, it's almost identical. I feel like when Elon moves to Mars and becomes the Lord Commander of Mars, their the, the, Lord Commander, their calendar is going to be slightly different than our calendar. It's going to be. Gonna, do you think Jones it's going to be a struggle to link our calendar and Mars's calendar with that thirty nine minute difference? So that like like or is Mars just going to have their own are calendar assu- year? But are you also assuming that there's going to be much contact between the Mars population and the Earth population? There has to be. I guess. Like, I feel like the Mars population, the Mars people on Mars are going to be watching shows shows from Earth. Like, they're going to be watching Netflix from Earth. And then you're going to get oh, people. Is there going to be a Netflix Mars? Oh, my God. Netflix Red? Is Mars going to be its own country and entity? Or is it going to be split up into its own I feel nations? like it's going to be its own sovereign planet. And it, on Mars, there's going to be different countries or different civilizations. I don't think it's going to be broken down by city. I think it's going to be broken down by, like, colonies. And... Each Blart. Co- Blart. And uh, Elon Musk is going to be the Lord Commander of all the colonies. Elon Musk is going to rule Mars. Here's a Blart for you. Okay. So Blart alert. Blart. What do you think of... Because I, I honestly, I believe in a weird way, humans almost act like bacteria. Yeah. Where they we just form... Spread. Yeah, we do. We spread. Yeah. We, we spread. We take resources. We take over. Yeah. And... It's like it's kind of like a cynical view, but it's it's very comparable. Yeah, 100%. into how humans behave. They just grow um, one by one. Yeah, and then if you just scale it up and speed it up, that's kind of what we've been doing to the planet. You know, hey, and as I'm finding something, hold on, just about sing, like about cells, or or just like cellular growth. 
So you know cells have to divide to multiply? Mm-hmm. I just find that if there's any stoners listening, that should have blown divide your mind. Divide to multiply. Okay, anyway, oh. so. Anyway, sorry. Yeah, sorry. I was being stupid. So anyway, so, you know, back when we were colonizing different countries and different parts of this planet, we began to spread. And that, after couple hundred years led to the industrial revolution which then led to the second industrial revolution which has kind of been the internet and so many different things technological revolution yes and so what i'm wondering is that do you think humans are going to colonize planets or solar systems to this in at some point in the future the same way that we colonized countries 100 percent and then we're going to keep on going, and eventually we're going to, just like how when the British came over to Canada and found a native species, there's going to be, there's going to be, we're going to get to somewhere. It's like Avatar. Exactly. We're going to get somewhere, think that we're all by ourselves, and then there's going to be a group of, a group of beings that are there that are just going to be, there's going to be another just race war, where it's just like, ah, we didn't know you were here. And they're like, well, we didn't know you were coming here. And then they're just going to start fighting, or they're going to get some blankets with smallpox. Yeah, or maybe we can't even enter their atmosphere because we couldn't breathe in whatever their like gas composition is. How about this? Uh, this is this is very far fetched, but imagine. Do you think that uh, that space travel will be increased when? Because we're slowly moving into people getting robotic prosthetics, mm-hmm. and like if they lose a leg, you can. Well, here's a new robot leg. How how far do you think we are from people being like cyborgs that don't really need to breathe? They're just like they're humans. But like they're cyborgs, they're like their brain controls a robotic body. I don't think we're that far. I think it's we're some point, not far from that. That's that's I possible our, within the next th- fifty to one hundred years. I think within our lifetime. Oh, definitely within our within lifetime. Our we're going to see the first bionic man within our lifetime. Like, well, it's it's like already there's already cyborgs technically because well you have to think of it like this from from a business standpoint. Back to what we were saying, time is the most valuable thing. Yeah, everybody wants more time. Now, if you can live to 200 years because you have an electronic system that is, like, pulsating your heart that isn't necessarily a pacemaker, but you have all these electronic parts within you, but you still have a conscious mind. You're significantly stronger. You're faster. Yeah. Um, you're, they're you, upgrades. Yeah, they're, they're upgrades. Well, hold on. To and get back people, to my point. Well, oh, sorry, I, sorry, sorry, I, go, I just want to finish this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go, go. It's just like upgrades. So people are going to upgrade their arms, their limbs, their legs, their bodies yeah and they're going to be able to create could could be weapons or they you could, know they're going to create you want. the ultimate human race so i feel i feel like humans we're eventually just going to upgrade ourselves to metal and that's just going to be the next breed of human it's just like the titanium robots. humans exactly we're just going to be in, in we're going to get to a point where we, we <laughs> You've are upgraded to platinum status <laughs> bro i feel like that's actually going to be a thing where it's like you're more robot. Like robot people are just superior to hu- lowly humans. What if there's going to be like a classification system where people start to look down on naturally bred humans, like a, like, like a oh, caste wow. system? Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm ca- saying. Like that's exactly you're what so I'm saying. Poor, you can't even afford these arms. Bionic upgrades. Yeah, you can't even afford yeah. these. You know. Now hold on. Do you think now? Well, getting back to my main point, do you think that the advancements in people becoming more robotic and needing not needing oxygen to to function do you think that's going to that's going to push uh, space travel forward and farther 
and make and make and make it more commercially available because like 100 then they don't have to give a shit about like space exploration at that point would just be if you can live infinitely yeah then cryo then cryogenics makes sense you could freeze people and then wake them up hundreds of years later when when, when the new... robot people have made it a better place for the humans yeah and yeah. then people can live thousands of years Without even realizing it. Do you think a fry situation from Futurama will ever happen where a pizza guy just falls into a, uh, a cryogenic chamber, gets frozen for I think in years? one of the universes there will. Uh, in one of the multiverses. <laughs> uh, I, I always loop it back. Always. You always got to loop it back. And for those of you who don't know, uh, we, t- we from our one podcast, Flamethrowers in the Multiverse, if you haven't listened to that one, go back and listen to it. That's with our buddy Ben. Uh, or I call, or we call him Nigga Jones sometimes. Uh, he he, t- really, t- we really break down and, and give our thoughts on the multiverse and what it is. And so, if you don't know what the multiverse is, I'd recommend googling that too, or watching our pre- or sorry, listening to our previous episode to uh, to get caught up. But yes, there definitely is uh, s- some universe where or, or some timeline where that did happen. So anyway, so I think we're officially over our hour. Oh, we yeah, we just hit an hour. We are currently and at an hour, like 60 minutes and 49 seconds. So what I want to do is I'll leave an open-ended question, which you can either DM us at WLN Podcast on Instagram, Instagram. or message me at James Life, Life with an extra E on or Instagram. Or me, Roland the Prince. But my name is Roland Prince, but my tag or my handle is of all, the Prince. Or most of all, just talk about it with whoever. Yep. And what I want to know is person to your if, left. You've ever, if you've ever seen the movie Gattaca. Wherever they are. So it's very similar to the premise in the movie Gattaca. Gattaca. If you could choose, if you were having a child, and you could choose to genetically manipulate before birth its predisposition. So, you know, you want it to have brown hair. You want it to be this height because it's within your genetics. You don't want it to have this disease. You want it to have all these features. (laughs) Well, you don't want it to have this disease. And an estimated... Who who looks at a child and goes, I want it to have this disease. No, obviously, obviously I know that. I know, I know. But it's it's a moral dilemma. Yes. And, and even you can estimate their IQ between here and here. Okay. And their potential skills and aptitudes and certain things. You can literally pick that out and eliminate things, add things. Based so you can, you can custom create your child. Yes. Just like a based sim. On, based on your own genetics and your partner's genetics. Okay. So obviously there's only a certain amount of possibilities. Mm-hmm. Um, now, if you could do that and add things, take things away, and customize your own child, would you? Or is that against your morals? I honestly don't know. Should we answer it for ourselves or should we just leave it to the audience? I think audience? we should just leave it. Leave it to the audience? Would All you? Right. So would you, the audience, the would listener, you? would you? We'll answer this on the next podcast. Would you do this? Yeah. Next, next episode, we'll answer the question. Episode 11. Episode 11, we will answer this Assuming question. Assuming we remember. I'll write it down somewhere. Okay. Okay. Well, I'm just going to write custom babies question mark on the board and then <laughs> we're, someone's going to think it's a band that came in here to record. But because uh, all, all the people that come into the glass portal, they sign the wall. For those of you who don't know, so that'd be a good ga- band name, Custom, Custom Babies. Babies. We say things at the same time a lot. Oh yeah, I know. It's really freaky. I know. I didn't. Anyway, anyway, we yes. are we are done. We're done. Thank you for tuning in this week. Follow us all on Instagram. Me, myself, J- and Jamie Lee at Roland the Prince for me. James Life with two E's on Instagram for Jamie or WLN Podcast on Instagram. Thank you so much for tuning in for this hour. Next week we will answer the custom babies question. But for now, have a good day and thank you. And for subscribe in. to us on iTunes or follow us on Spotify. Click the little button. Bye. Peace.